0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Candid Conversations, Episode 2. Before our interview that we're going to be
1: hosting today, we'll be talking with Kyle Manwaring. Um, But before we do that, we want to talk a little bit more about the title of our podcast, um, which is Candid Conversations. Um, So, Sydney actually came up with this title, and... I tried to come up with quite a few, but they were actually pretty cheesy. <laughs> um, some of them were cute. Like one some. of them was illuminating the rainbow. So okay, yeah, that was yeah, cheesy. So thank goodness that didn't apply. Um, but Cindy, tell us a little bit about why you decided uh, to go with candid conversations, or why why that
0: came to mind for you. Um. Yeah. So actually, this was a suggestion from Dr. Burton that we put in. Um, but I think that the reason that we went with this title was, I think that a lot of times in the church, it can feel like it's, it's really important for us to be able to honestly talk about our feelings and about the experiences that we're having, right? Like within the church, um, within and relating to the LGBT community. Um, and Just that it's important to be able to discuss those feelings openly um, or else, like, it doesn't stop those feelings from being there. Mm -hmm. It just means that the feelings aren't being addressed, you know, and can't be worked through and that we can't improve. Um, And I think that one of the scriptures that we we really liked with that is um, Ephesians 4, where it talks about, like, to speak the truth in love, you know, where um, I think that we've tried to iterate this before. But just like, like that we're not here to attack the church, we're not here to attack the LGBT community, we're here to kind of help us figure out how to help there be, to help everyone feel more at home and to feel more comfortable, you know, and to, and in order to do that, we have to have candor about what our experiences are.
1: Right. Going along with that, I think there needs to be a real sense of transparency with us and with those we interview, so... We really hope that you can feel um, a sense of authenticity as we're speaking about our feelings and as those that we interview are speaking about their feelings and that that can really make um, some of these issues that we're facing right now that much more real to you. And so Sydney and I are going to continue to do our best to just be really transparent in our feelings and even how we talk. And so with that being said, you'll continue to hear us make mistakes as we're (laughs) speaking (laughs) and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But let's introduce Kyle to you really quick. So Kyle Manwaring, he is a 23-year-old, a gay 23-year-old. He graduated BYU uh, this past year with a degree in communications and he's currently working part time in Visit Salt Lake Sports Marketing, um, and it's a it's a pretty neat program. And part of what they do is they donate a lot of their proceeds to InCircle uh, and Utah Pride Circle and other groups that involve the LGBT community. And so he's pretty involved with that. And in his other time aside from working, he's studying for the GRE. Yeah, Ky- you know, Kyle's one of those people that. Um, no matter who you are, you're going to feel like you, you are important to him, yeah. and so uh, that's really neat quality of his. Um, but let's dive into the interview, and we hope you enjoy.
0: All right, here we
2: go. So uh, my name's Kyle. I uh, recently graduated from BYU. I'm from Provo, lived here my whole life. Um, I love BYU. Go Cougs. Woo! um Yep. <laughs> yeah so, big big st- fan
0: still a sentiment i can't really do but come on still
2: a big fan um i recently graduated working right now um applying to grad school uh i like the mountains sports my family chick-fil-a Have
1: mm-hmm. uh, some of that just barely
2: it's good yeah. so that's me
1: Awesome! <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing yeah. about yourself. Yep. Um, so just a fun fact for the audience: Kyle and I were on a study abroad together in Israel. So we spent a good four months with each other, learning about one another and also studying the Old Testament together. Right? And the that. New Testament. And the New Testament. <laughs> Come on. <man. laughs> our little study sessions. <laughs> so that was real fun. Um, but Kyle, we just wanted to ask you. One of our first questions was. Um, what was it like being a BYU student and being gay upon after you're coming out?
2: Okay, so upon after I came out or before?
1: Let's hear about both.
2: Both? Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll share a little bit about the whole journey. Um, I, so when I came to BYU after my mission, um, I was very actively dating girls and trying really, really hard to, you know, find a wife because that's what you do after you serve a mission. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in the back of my mind, I knew something was different, um, but it took me a long time to kind of reconcile and be okay with everything. But, um, so it took me a few years of being at BYU dating, um, figuring things out of being really frustrated that like, oh, like I cannot, you know, get one of these relationships to work and, Mm -hmm. you know, things are off and I don't know what it is. Um, so that was really, really frustrating, especially being at a place here at BYU where it's so focused on dating, on mar- <clears throat> on marriage, on family, um, which are all really good things and really, really helpful and positive things, things that I love. But I think for me at that moment in my life, it was just kind of stressful. Um, so it was really hard. There were times where I would be like very overwhelmed about it all, where I would like avoid campus just because I was I didn't like seeing all the couples, you know, touching each other Mm. and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, that's gross. Um, (laughs) and I can't have that. So like extra gross. Um, so anyways, it took me a while to kind of, um, come to terms with things. Uh, luckily I had a, a lot of really good friends, um, family members that suggested I start therapy and therapy here at BYU was really helpful, helping me come to terms with, um, with my sexuality and, Um, my relationship with God, and all of that. Um, And so I felt pressured, I'm not pressured, I felt kind of pushed to come out um, publicly, because I, my experience coming out to my family and my friends was a lot more positive, and um, kind of helpful and optimistic than a lot of my friends. A lot Mm -hmm. of my friends had really bad experiences. So I kind of felt a need to, uh, somewhat of a responsibility to kind of come out and be like, yo, like, people can do this. And like, it can be a good experience. Mm -hmm. And like, families can be nice and chill and not not crazy um because a lot of my friends had bad experiences so that's why i kind of came out after coming out um i mean i had very limited bad experiences 98 percent of my experiences were positive and helpful and just full of love and understanding people asking me how, what they can do to help people loving me the same and um, and that's part of the reason i love byu so much is because i think lots of times BYU and the church can get a bad rap for, um, for not being diverse enough or not, um, you know, not being inclusive a lot of people, and there are a lot of issues, right? Um, but for me, in my experience, all of the people that have been most helpful and most loving have been people that have been very full, fully active in the church and fully understanding of the gospel, um, because at least my understanding and my belief in gospel is, like, all centered on love. And, um, so yeah, so I was lucky to have a lot of positive experiences. A lot of my friends didn't, so.
0: Yeah.
1: What, you, you said something about your family responding in a loving and chill way, I think. (laughs) What, what, what was that like? How, what made it loving and a little bit more relaxed and comfortable for you?
2: Um, yeah, I think loving, they, they obviously... I mean, they didn't really treat me different. They um, reiterated that they loved me. They told me they loved me. Um, They treated me the same. They didn't... I was really worried before I came out that, like, I would come out to my family or my friends and then every single conversation from that point forward would be about that. Mm. Um, But they kind of, especially my family, they kind of just, like, returned to normalcy to an extent. And so that was helpful. Um, I think they were good at showing compassion and i think the biggest thing they did was try to kind of um, you know what they say like walk a mile in someone's shoes i think try to like understand my what i my emotions and kind of where i was at with things um, and i is it okay if i share an experience? Yeah, Great. absolutely. Um so yeah, so there was an experience that kind of highlighted this. The it was a few days after i came out and only my mom and my dad knew. Um, Because I came out to my mom first and had her give my dad a letter Um, and I had gone home for family dinner It was just me and my parents and my grandparents um, who came over and they had no idea you know what had happened that week in my family and how how scary it was and um, and I just I remember they my grandparents kind of started to ask me questions and not grill me because they're nice, but, like, (laughs) ask me questions about dating. When are you going to bring a girl home? Like, where's your girlfriend? All of this stuff. And, like, for me, I was, like, you know, it just went over my head because I I think I just had some sort of dissonance with it because I had dealt with that for so long that it didn't really affect me at all. Mm -hmm. But I remember sitting there and, like, looking across the table and seeing my mom and dad um, get, like, physically and, like, emotionally kind of, like, disturbed not disturbed that's not the right word but they were affected by it and I think and I think it was because they kind of had a better understanding of like oh like this is probably what he's feeling and this is probably difficult and like and they were great and quickly changed the topic and no one said anything about it um but I think that's like a good example of I think just trying to better understand and like be be compassionate and I think it's hard to not be compassionate if you love someone, if you truly love someone. Um so those are some of the things my parents, my family did.
1: Yeah. That's that's amazing
0: yeah. how they responded. They yeah. sound like angels. <laughs> they are. I love them. <laughs> yeah, because like you said you were yeah, no it's it's it can be I you don't need me to tell you no, that, like, like, like how much it can like just completely change everything. Right. Like, I, I had several friends where like in the process of coming out, like, the way that their like parents and peers responded to it, like, mm-hmm. you know, like made like could make or break like the whole thing like for them emotionally, like sometimes like for years afterwards. Yeah. So.
2: And that's part of the fear that a lot of people have in coming yeah. out, which is really valid and it's really sad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How. So I'm just curious, how did you even approach your mom about it? It sounds like you had your mom give your dad a letter. Yeah.
2: That... Um, I. It took me a long time. It took me months and months of kind of build up and preparation and, like, playing it through in my mind. Um, and, like I said, I was working with a therapist, and we were. she was really great with all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, after just, like, stressing about it for months and months, I kind of reached a point where, like, I was like, you know what? Like my mom loves me, and like I know that, like I know that she'll still love me. Um, and I had a good enough relationship with her where I knew nothing really would change. Um, so that was kind of externally, internally. I think I just kind of reached the point where I just couldn't do it anymore without people knowing. And so I was like, like ready or not, here I come. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and so those are both. I did it. I just forced myself to do it.
1: Right. And it was the
2: hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Really. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Um. So, upon that journey of coming out and coming out to your family, in what ways do you feel like that affected? Okay. We're gonna cut that part out.
2: That's great. (laughs) That's a very Um, common line
1: around here. (laughs) No,
2: that's great. This is how it works. Yeah.
1: Hey. <clears throat> so it sounds like a lot has been said or done to help you stay connected to your parents and to your family and just that relationship that you have with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're just curious, what has been said or done to help you feel connected to God?
2: Yeah. Still? Um, I think multiple times I've had friends or family say that, um, that say phrases like, regardless of what you do with your life we still love you and god will still love you um or or like god, just reminding me that god still loves me i think verbally i think that's a big thing i think i've always felt god's love the most like through other people mm-hmm. and so i think just by people showing love and compassion and um and acting and accepting and kind of better trying to better understand i think to me that kind of kept me close to God because those are the good those are good things about life and so I was like, Yeah, like, you know, this is God still playing an active role in my life. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love what you share about other people, even still reminding you God loves you. Right. And that you feel that love of God through other people. Right. That's key. So how about um what has been said or done to help you feel that you have a spiritual home in the church?
2: Yeah. So that's the tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
0: and you can answer both ways. Yeah. Yeah, negative and positive. You want to
1: hear it all. Yeah,
2: well, I will say, I think the Sunday after I... So I came out to my family. So I came out to some friends slowly, and then my family, and then some more friends. And then I came out publicly because I was, I mean, like a blog post. Which mm-hmm. not everyone does or has to do, but I just kind of... I
1: read your blog post, oh, by the way. Thank you. I remember when I, I read it. Oh, I appreciate And I've even referenced it oh, to other good. people oh. that are going through some more things in my life, so... Yeah,
2: no, I appreciate it. I found it really helpful to kind of just, like, express through writing, and so, so I, that's what I did. Um, but, um, but like, in that process of, of doing that, like, I posted that, and then I went to church the next Sunday with my family, and, and I just remember a lot of a lot of, like, my childhood, in the ward I grew up in, a lot of people just came up and gave me, gave me hugs, and they didn't necessarily say anything, they didn't, like, no one mentioned anything, they just kind of were like, we love you, and, like, you know, it was just, like, it was chill, it was like, okay, great, um, so that was really helpful, and that was, and I think at the end of the day, like, I know that, like, church, Um, that, like, the people that go to church in my home ward are, like, amazing people and they love God and they're trying their hardest and, like, that's the most helpful thing in making me want to, like, stay in church and stay fully involved. Um, I've struggled a lot with YSA wards, again, because there's a lot of focus on, like, dating and relationships and, um, I think, um, a lot of times people just don't understand and, don't understand like the pain. Um so that's been it's been hard for me to kind of stay f- to find a spiritual home, I think, maybe in that regard of being away from my home ward. Um and maybe that's because like my home ward has people that like I've known my whole life. I don't know. Um but I mean I will say that like it's really it is really hard for me and a lot of people to um to kind of reconcile things that that church leaders will say and then deciding how to act um in like going to church and like paying tithing and supporting you know the church as an institution not as like a religion not as like a like a religion or philosophy like that's easy and like I always support like like the gospel is amazing and I always am behind it and always always fully supportive and always want it to be a part of my life um but like i like this last conference that i mean there were a few a few talks that that i just i just cried through because they were so painful and so um so hard for me to hear and be reminded of a lot of a lot of reasons why i have found it hard to find a spiritual home yeah. um and so possibly something that would help me or other lgbt people is if more emphasis or more time was focused not on, you know, talking about that sort of doctrine, and, like, I know that it's so important, and it's, like, central to, like, what the church does, and all that stuff, but every time I, like, get in, in discussions with people about, like, how the church handles LGBT people, I always get, leave and get so frustrated, because I'm, like, I don't think God wants people, like, arguing or, like, figuring out, like, how to, like, have these policies like God wants people like serving people and like learning how to better love people and so I always leave and I'm like ugh like all this time should have been spent like loving people and like actually living the gospel instead of like you know all these like things that are important but like I fully think in the eternal scheme of things like they're not and um talking through
0: like the technicalities yeah the technicalities that's a good word
2: um and so so yeah, so that, those are some of the reasons why I found out, I found it hard, um, I mean, I've had bishops that have said pretty, like, hurtful things, um, and, but then I've had bishops that have, that have been amazing, and have been, like, hey, like, you need to, like, go start dating guys, and, like, whatever, um, so it's just a lot of, a lot of both, and, but again, I try to, like, focus all on, I try to remember God, and, like, realize that like i have a relationship with god and that's more important than my relationship with church um and so
0: yeah wow those are all really powerful (laughs) um and i think that you hit really well on just like that nuance between your relationship with god and the and like even with like the gospel and with like the institution of the church and the way that It is all so complicated. And like you said, sometimes just really, really heartbreaking. You know, like very emotionally painful. Mm
1: I think you brought up a great point of how some of the YSA members don't necessarily understand the pain that you go through. Is that what you said? Yeah. And I think that's something that all of us can do a little bit better is, you know, not only trying to walk a few steps in the shoes of those that are LGBT, but walk a mile, really see how do they feel when people ask them, so what girl are you dating right now? Yeah. Who are you taking out? Or how do they feel when they're sitting in church and they hear some of, you know, the things said. Um, really trying to understand how they feel in each scenario. And I feel like that's something I can do better to understand some of my loved ones is really try to figure out how do they feel in all these different phases in life, I guess. So, Kyle... Um, You've given us a lot of great ideas of how we can be more compassionate towards those of the LGBT community. And we just want to give you um, some time to say, is there anything else that you feel like if you were to voice anything that members of the church could do um, to be more loving and compassionate of the LGBT community, what would that be? What would you say? Yeah,
2: no, for sure. Everything I've said. And I think a big thing for me is, like I said, the people that have responded the best have been people that are fully active in church and have very strong testimonies so I'm not saying this to be like judgmental of people that like are judgmental of LGBT members Mm -hmm. but I think if someone does find it tricky in a, in a a tricky spot of like coming to understand and accept LGBT people or sympathize with them I think obviously learning and listening to them share stories and um, trying to walk a mile in their shoes is important, but I think, I think at the end of the day, like, you need to, no one else can, like, take responsibility of your relationship with God and you need to focus on your relationship with God and get to a point where you have enough faith and kind of confidence in God and his, his plan of happiness that, that things will work out, and I think that that's the stage where, where some of my family members are at, where they are like, you know what, Like they have such strong faith and hope in God that that they don't worry, I'm sure they worry, but they don't spend time worrying about what happens if my child gets married to a man, what happens if he doesn't go to church anymore. Um, Because I think at the end of the day, they have faith in God that everything will be fine and everything will work out. Um, and I know that that's complex and that's hard for some people, but I think focusing on your own relationship with God, I think it's, I think it's once you come to tr- truly, not that I tr- truly understand God, cause I mean, that's like a process. And <laughs> my, mean, we did go to Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, right. Right. But I'm not saying that I like have everything figured out cause I don't like, it's still stuff I have to work on and I have to work on it a lot. But like, I think once you get to a, a place where you're like, on a process of better understanding God, there's no way you can't love everybody based off of whatever whatever they do, even if it's even if it's confusing and tricky. Like I don't know. I think also another thing that I would suggest. I I back when I like was struggling to to um, kind of have compassion for other LGBT people or people in different situations is I spent a lot of time reading the scriptures and reading stories about Christ and how he interacted with people that were different from him um and he never did it never was out of anger or like exclusion like you have to leave it was always it was always love and he never felt a need to like explain himself or like defend anything I mean that was his life was defending his father's gospel but like yeah just take a look at at Christ and how he did things and um and just love people get to know people and and the thing the other thing that's kind of frustrating to me is so many people will talk about it's not frustrating but um (laughs) I shouldn't say that but like it's not this like exclusive thing of like LGBT people want to like be talked about so that like people will love them more it's like everybody has things that like makes them feel excluded or makes them feel different and everybody should do a better job of loving everybody it's not just like we really want people to like accept LGBT people more. It's it really should be, we just want everybody to be accepted more and we want everybody to be loved more and whatever comes along the way is great. And like, it's not just a one thing. It's not a one situation thing. It's everybody. And I think there are always a lot of questions that are left unanswered and I don't think love is ever the wrong answer. Yeah. So
1: that's absolutely true. Okay. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that interview with Kyle. Um, City and I were really trying to think of what questions would be most effective that we could ask him, and um, he had some responses that were really enlightening, that really changed our perspective of things, and we hope that it can change yours too. One of the main topics that Kyle um, kept mentioning was that of love, and the love that people showed him, and the love that people even reminded him that God has for him. Uh, and so that's something that we want to talk about a little bit more in depth is just that that love and, and that power of love. Uh, but Sydney, really quick, is going to share with us um, a definition of the day. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, so we'll turn the time over to her. <laughs> yeah. So you guys might have remembered me doing this last time, um, talking about being sis. Um, gender and what that would be um the definition from this time is one that gray mentioned explicitly in his interview um but kyle we were talking about it after the interview Um, but it is an important thing to discuss and define and so this is the, the definition that i kind of went with today so the definition is mixed orientation marriage um and it's pretty simple um it's just when the people who are married have different sexual orientations for example like a gay man or a straight woman or vice versa um and so on um and there's actually an example of this um carol pearson um her book goodbye i love you Mm -hmm. talks about her like mixed orientation marriage um where she married I think the book starts in the 1970s, and it goes through, like, the 90s, because she married a gay man who came out to her, like, during their marriage as gay, and, like, just the, the way that she kind of, like, reacted to it and navigated it, um... And yeah, it's it's a good read um, mm-hmm. for people who want to f- learn more about mixed orientation marriage yeah, and what know, that would look like. Yeah,
1: I have heard about that. I need to I need to read that. Yeah,
0: if you feel like crying, <laughs> <it's>
1: like, <laughs> like sometimes I'm in those moods. Yeah, no, but um,
0: she's like incredibly t- t- talented. She's written quite a bit of poetry, mm-hmm. um, for the church or not for the church, but like about the church, um, about. LDS beliefs and stuff. She's just like a really incredible woman that's produced some really awesome, awesome stuff. So, but I do think it's powerful that the conclusion that Kyle kind of reached, and this is like similar to the one that I've reached as well, is just like that God is like a lot more merciful than I think we sometimes give him credit for, you know? And it's like, and I can believe that God has this like perfect plan. That, ca- that captures and addresses everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that it is power, pa- powerful that the common thread that most people fall to is like, I'm not, I don't know everything. And there is a uncertainty, but the one thing that I'm certain of is that God loves me and that God does have space, like, that God has space for me. Yeah. Right?
1: I think, you know, going along with that, the idea that God loves me and that God is more merciful than we sometimes think of him to be, I think that one of um, the greatest tools that the adversary has with us is that he, he influences us to put limits on God, to put limits on his mercy, to put limits on his love. And really, we know that. His mercy and love and long-suffering and kindness um, are more than we could even imagine. I just want to share this uh, quotation from President Uchtdorf. He gave this in the October 2009 General Conference, and he said, God does not look on the outward appearance. I believe that he doesn't care one bit if we live in a castle or a cottage, if we are handsome or homely, if we are famous or forgotten. Though we are incomplete god loves us completely though we are imperfect he loves us perfectly though we may feel lost and without compass god's love encompasses us completely he loves us because he is filled with an infinite measure of holy pure and indescribable love we are important to god not because of our resume but because we are his children he loves every one of us and i think we could say the same thing that we are not important to god because of our sexuality Um, or how we
0: identify, yeah, yeah. how
1: we identify ourselves, but we are important to God, um, because the simple truth that he loves us, um, and God expects us to follow his example in that love.
0: Yeah. Um, no, it is, yeah. Um, and I think that that's like such an important thing, you know, is learning to love as God would and as Christ would. Um, and I guess this kind of brings us into like our next topic, but just like, um, that it's like very, very important to like love and to accept other people. I think that sometimes, um, actually, I don't know, I think I, I mentioned this to, to, to you, but Um, and I'm going to phrase this in the most anonymous and vague way to protect people's privacy, (laughs) but um, I just had a conversation with somebody that I know um, about another person who's very, like, near and dear to to me um, where the way that that person felt about the LGBT community was almost, like... Like, they were like, oh, like, if gay rights are expanded, if we, like, show, like, then we won't be able to, then, like, our temples will be shut down. Like, Mm. because we, like, currently the church does not marry, like, men and men and women and women um, Mm -hmm. in in the temples. And I think that sometimes people feel like, feel like, okay, like, yeah, I'll love like Christ, like, hmm. I think that sometimes people feel like, yes, it is important to love like Christ, but it's also important to, like, bear a witness for Christ's standard, which can mean literally so many different things, you know? And, like, me saying that, I don't mean that, like, but, like, that mean like, I just think that that can mean different things for different people, and some people see that as, like, if I support the LGBT community then I'm compromising God's standard mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that Madeline yeah but... I've experienced it as well I went to a
1: wedding of my cousin who um she married her uh girlfriend and so it was my first lesbian wedding and I had a cousin that told me another cousin that told me well if you go that means that you are essentially like apostatizing <laughs>
0: Um, By supporting us. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I just, like, like that's such a horrible
1: thing to say, but. I I (laughs) I was honestly really baffled. Yeah. And um, we, when we read about Jesus Christ in the scriptures, we don't read him in that, about him in that kind of way where he completely avoided showing love and support to people. We know that he he dined with sinners. He he helped them. He lift was able to lift up the hands which hung low and, and strengthen the feeble knees. And I think that goes for people that were emotionally and, and spiritually weak. And he spent his time with everyone. And I really believe that through his example, we in these last days, in these latter days, are need to learn a little bit something more about love and what it means to love.
0: Yeah, especially because, like, people in the LGBT community, like, it's not a spiritual or emotional weakness, and, like, it's not a sin to be born yeah. a certain way, you know? It's, like, they really are people where a lot of times church culture can put them on the margins, you know? And it's, like, if, if nothing else, Christ... Like, that was who Christ went to the most, you know? And not even, and not in a way that was obsessed with changing them, you know? And not in a way that was obsessed with, like, no, I need to go and, like, you know...
1: I need to tell you how it is. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, that was something that we saw a lot of, like, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees being really concerned with, is, like... Um, But, like, that Christ was just there to, like, help them feel loved, Mm -hmm. you know, to step in and stand up for people Mm -hmm. that were marginalized. Um, And that just really reminds me of, like, the scripture in, like, Ephesians 4, where it says, Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation? We're both English majors, and neither of us have any idea how to pronounce that word. Anyway, um, and (laughs) sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we love him, that hereby know we that we dwell in him, And he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And, I don't know, I, to me, like, that is just such a specific and strong call to action. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like, where it's like, I really truly believe that learning how to love others is one of, is like, one of the most, if not the most godly trait that we can have in this life. You know, and it's like and we always say that God's love is unconditional, you know, and I think that it should be a similar way, you know, Um, especially like there's obviously a, a distinction if you were in like an abusive relationship or something like that, where for your own like emotional and physical safety, it's better to get out. But I think in, like, 99.999% of, relation, uh, of relationships and people that we encounter, you know, like, learning how to love that person and learning how to meet them in the middle just the best way that you can is so important. You know, and there's so many reasons to, like, like from, like, people's political stances to, I, I mean, we could list, like, 80 reasons why people, like, would have a hard time doing that. But I feel like that's a huge part of why we're on this earth is like to develop that skill.
1: I think one uh, point that Kyle brought up of how we can develop that skill is to really put ourselves in another person's shoes and really see how they feel. Yeah. And Kyle really mentioned how his parents were able to do that, were able to really see um, how he felt when his grandparents were even asking him questions about who he was dating and everything. And bringing this back to Jesus Christ again, he is the ultimate example of walking a mile in someone else's shoes. He suffered for each and every one of us um, and descended below all of us in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in our lives, we are going to have to take a few steps through the Garden of Gethsemane, where we're going to really have to put ourselves in another person's shoes and really try to figure out how do they feel just as Christ did for us. And so our call to action for you this week is um, to think of someone that you know that identifies as LGBT and um, put yourself in their shoes and really try to think about how they feel in in different situations and scenarios in life, whether that's a family gathering, a church event, um, anything like that. Um, And we know that that will increase your understanding and compassion towards them and ultimately help you to become more like christ as you understand god's children a little bit better
0: yeah yeah i don't know if i have much to add to that um but yeah we hope that you guys have a great week we will see you guys in episode three